He's got that fine and a scintillating hundred here for John Singlis. His first in international cricket. And it's been a magnificent innings. Well played, young man. What a moment that'll be for him. Just 47 balls. Yeah, it's obviously um, really nice to, to sort of get the first one. Played a bit of cricket for Australia now and yeah, just nice to get the monkey off the back, I suppose. Obviously a disappointing result though. Ultimately we come here and we want to win and um, unfortunately we didn't get to do that tonight. There's obviously a T20 World Cup around the corner, so it's really important for us guys to, to get some T20 cricket in before that and there's a lot of spots available and blokes playing for, uh, playing for places. So um, I wanted to make sure I gave 100% and um, yeah, make a good account of myself. What an innings from Josh Inglis last night. Welcome back to the show. 110 off 50 balls. The Aussies going down at the death. India 8 for 209 after Australia posted 3 for 208. Clearly he wasn't hanging out with... He was pretty fresh last night. Clearly wasn't hanging out with Travis Head uh, the last few days. Uh, Josh Inglis, as I welcome him in, our SEN cricket expert, Bryce Begain. Bryce, uh, a lot of sceptics around this game, but there's a lot of players that are desperate to impress, and it turned out to be a pretty good game of cricket. Yeah, it was a ripping game of cricket, and it just goes to show that uh, the cricket calendar just keeps rolling on, doesn't it? You don't have a chance to breathe and celebrate success too much, although Travis Head made up for the whole nation, I think. He celebrated (laughs) for the whole of Australia, (laughs) and is probably still blowing the cobwebs out and a bit dusty as we speak. But uh, look, it was was good to see someone like Josh Inglis, who was thrust in in Game 2, wasn't he, into the World Cup, and... He played some important innings, although never really took went to the heights. He gets that roll up a bit higher in the order and uh, shows that he is international ready and he's capable. All good signs for that World Cup next year. Tough night for the bowlers. I mean, there's a lot of bowlers in this team that'll be pretty keen to impress and give themselves a a chance to play uh, in that T20 World Cup. Berendorf, one for 25, was pretty impressive, but it was it was pretty tough for the others. Sanger, two for 47, Alice, number 44, and uh, Abbott, one for 43. Yeah, look, a, a touch expensive in their um, in their respective overs, four overs for most of those guys. But, uh, look, it's a good learning opportunity for them, and that, that we know that we've got some reliable big quicks. Um, should they be continuing? I suppose that's a bit of a question mark as well, and it de- depends on what the future holds for those players, whether they still have that appetite heading to a World Cup. But uh, a good opportunity learning for Tanvir Sanger. How do you get better at it? You, you go over there and you play against the very best spin players on a pretty good wicket, um, and they're, they're, you know, for the 24 balls, they're going to be really aggressive. You know, if we wind back the clock to um, what, what I guess we're... A, objectively looking at, you know, we had a test series in India and then we played some one-day games and everyone sort of rolled their eyes and went, well, what importance is this? Then we look at the importance uh, about eight months later mm. and and it's how we played in the World Cup. All those things come into play. Andrew McDonald, they're very, very astute. They're not just doing it and not making the most of every opportunity for Australia. So all that information comes back in and then it becomes part of the growth process for each of the players in Remember when you did this and how we're going to improve that? What do we do next time? It is such a growth environment. It's incredible what Australian cricket are doing at the moment. Rather than just looking at pure performance and output, it is growth, it is development, 
It's all these little opportunities that will come into good stead. It may not be in the World Cup next year, but it might be for these players in four years' time when um, the, the big tournaments come back and around, and they're there ready to go because of these learning activities. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I mentioned the article uh, from Barat Sunder Race and that he wrote after the, the World Cup final, just all about the planning for the final, the, the bowling changes, You know what their thoughts on the pitch, the, the Indian batters they are really focusing on. Do you think Andrew McDonald's got enough credit for what he's done with this team. I mean, we always talk about the captain and there's a lot of focus on the captaincy of Pat Cummins when he's got it right, when he's got it wrong. But it was pretty it was pretty hot when Justin Langer lost his position and a lot of sceptics around about, you know, what sort of job Andrew McDonald could do. But has he got enough credit for what he's done with this team in just under two years? It's a good question, Jules, and I suppose that's for everyone to to, to make their own judgments on. Look, I'm obviously really close to him because, um, you know, we played our, our whole careers, cricket careers, correspondent together. You know, we debuted for Victoria around the same time. We did the same for Australia. And uh, we sat next to each other on every plane because McDonald and McGain in the um, alphabetically. <laughs> <laughs> we sat next to each other all the way around. So, look, I know the quality of the man. I know how smart he is. But he was doing those things as a player for his teammates, um, he was helping them grow, understand, well, you know, you might need to use this, this skill, this development. He was doing that as a as a player. He was a playing coach, I suppose, and that's, you know, Greg Shippard had a number of them with the fast bowling brigade and, and Andrew McDonald just sharing all that information around. Look, he'll just sit in the background. You know, he wasn't front and centre and probably felt a bit awkward. You know, he was beaming with his big smile you know, in some of the photos we saw of the celebrations in the room, but he'll sit in the background. He doesn't need to go out there and blow his trumpet and uh, have the brass band and all that sort of stuff. He'll just he'll just be in the background and know that, you know, he's contributing to the, the, the growth of these players, their enjoyment, their fulfilment, and we, we just need to analyse his record. You know, he's still copping flack. Halfway through the mm. tournament, he was getting copping flack um, from, you know, some experts, you know, behind a microphone saying that, you know, there's no legends and they're going nowhere. Well, I think that's, you know, that's so wrong. It's just vastly wrong um, and it's ill-informed and it probably just highlights, um, you know, m- maybe their, their deficiencies in, in seeing what is going on um, and because it's not spruced out. It's not we do this and we, we, we go about it this way, but you can see the results in the growth of these players. It's, it's pretty special. It is. We're talking to Bryce McGain, SEN Cricket Expert, if you're just waking up, you didn't know the score from last night. Australia going down by two wickets, uh, second last ball, and a really good T20 match. Australia posted three for 208, a century from Josh Inglis, 110 off 50. Steve Smith, 52 off 41. Uh, India in reply, eight for 209, their greatest ever run chase in a T20 international. We're talking about Josh Inglis. Uh, Alex Carey obviously lost his spot in this team at the start of the, the ODI World Cup. His ashes was okay without being spectacular. I know they're totally different games, but is he getting, would he be getting a little bit nervous, Alex Harry, about his test spot? Oh, look, I, I don't think so. Um, everyone needs to continue to perform. There's no doubt about it. And I'm sure that he would have wanted to make more runs uh, in the latter part of that series and, and have a bigger impact. Um Look, I, I think he's a, a terrific cricketer, and everyone has the ups and downs along the way. Uh, he'll 
he gets a, an opportunity to go back. The hardest part of being on the sidelines as the backup, even at the World Cup, is that there's not a lot of cricket to be played. Yes, he played the first game, but you know, would he benefit of playing you know three Shield games back home? Yeah, probably. But he was very much a part of that World Cup winning team, so he wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, you know, a number of players have missed out on those types of opportunities. I guess Adam Zampa and Glenn Maxwell over the last sort of five, six years, it's probably defined their cricket because there's so many white ball mm. opportunities going on representing Australia that they don't get that chance to, to fine tune their skills in the red ball game, although they're both very passionate about playing test cricket. So, um, you know, it's just the way that um, I guess the cricket calendar with the overlaps and things like that, it, it occurs. But I think Alex Carey's got a bright future. Um, it's good that we have, uh, and we've probably got another depth as well. You know, the captain is Matthew Wade, and I know he's a bit older in the T20, but he's very much the dynamic player. He can wicket keep as well. So Australia are blessed for wicket keeper batsmen who are pretty dynamic and um, and very capable. But the future's still strong for Alex, uh, even if it does mean, you know, he plays one form of the game mm. for now. Um, but how lucky are we that we've got this incredible depth and he, he may find his spot in the team as just a pure batsman as well. PM11 was named yesterday for the match against Pakistan uh, starting on December 6th. It's an interesting squad and it looks like a a good old-fashioned uh, bat-off for the opening spot. You've got Cam Bancroft, Marcus Harris and Matt Renshaw in the team. Of those three, have you got one that that might have their nose in front in terms of being the next Australian test opener, or who will get the first opportunity? Um, my, my feeling is a couple of things, just around the Prime Minister's 11. I don't know whether Elbow's pulled this together. He wants to see the battle, so it's his team. So, you know, he gets to pick the team. He's I think a that's a sense of theatre, Elbow. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, that's what he's setting up, exactly, Jules. But uh, look, I think it's Marcus Harris. Um, he, he, was, he was there as the next in line, and he, his recent form's been pretty good. Um, he, he, he made a big score at the Junction Over. We know that's a run fest most of the time there. And then he backed it up with a really capable innings in tough conditions uh, at the MCG as well. So I think he's the next in line. He, he he has been that player, and I think he's been judged in that position. Although he started a little bit lean uh, with a game up uh, against Queensland in Mackay early in the year, a shield game he missed out on. But uh, the runs have now come for him. Um, Cam Bancroft keeps tuning out um, the currency they talk about, don't they, um, of runs, and he, and he does that um, better than most. He, he still does it with a... Uh, and I'm not picking on any players. I never never would around this sort of stuff, but it's a, it's a curious method in which he does play, and sometimes at the higher level, um, just about outside in on the way he drives and plays through the offside, and it can be exposed a little bit at the higher level, but... What he's doing at domestic level is consistently making runs. You can't deny that. Um, and he's doing it in all forms, to be perfectly honest, not just shield cricket. There's a player that I really like is Sam Whiteman. Um, mm. I just like the way he goes about it. I've said that a few times, I know. But uh, I think he could be a capable international player. He has all the attributes, I think, that can translate really well up into that top level. So, look, there's, there's a number of them there and thereabouts. Um I've got a feeling that Usman will go on for quite some time, to be perfectly honest. I think he's just got this appetite for cricket. He's found his right formula, and it's just around being happy and enjoying it. He batted quite well at the MCG. He and Boland in the most recent Shield game, Queensland playing Victoria there. I got to see um, both innings from um, Kawaja, and it was an incredible battle. Scott Boland's so good against left-handers, so good at the MCG. It's bouncy, it's quick, it's seeming. And Kawaja did a really good job. It's a good tune-up for him, even though his scores weren't that great. But uh, 
I've got a feeling he'll go on for a long time. And we know Dave Warner's put a flag in the ground when he finished up on Red Bull. So um, it's a long way to answer it, but I just want to fill in a bit more of the gaps rather than, oh, yeah, it's obviously he scored runs, chuck him in. Yeah. Uh, it's a great time for Australian cricket. Uh, there seems to be a lot of depth coming through and uh, it should be a pretty interesting summer again. Uh, Bryce, as always, uh, thanks for your time and uh, have a great weekend. You too, Jules. Have a ripper. Bryce McGain, SEN cricket expert. You can hear him across the station over the summer, BBL, and, of course, all the SEN test cricket uh, coming up. We can take your calls for the all-new Sherry Tigo 7 Pro SUV, available now from just $39,990. Drive away. Mick Ablett, not too far away. We're going to talk the AFL National Draft. After the news, the clubs do some really interesting things with their social media and their online content out of the draft. And the Giants put up this seven-minute video about uh, some of the -the behind-the-scenes Discussions before the draft featuring their uh, head of recruitment, uh, Adrian Caruso. We'll play you a couple of minutes of that after the news with Monique Dews.